Hello, welcome back to Cracked. That's right, it's Cracked, not Cropped. Hopefully not Crap. Definitely not Scrapped. Not Dapped or Crack Cocaine. It's called Cracked. Cracked is a show and podcast on FBI Radio that hopefully cracks open the creative process. My name is Al. I'm a curator, a musician, and a while ago I flunked out of psychology at Macquarie University. I'm Luke. And I'm an engineer who really, really, really likes mangroves. We're here to overanalyze and maybe find a bit of meaning along the way. We may be underqualified in some areas, but we're here on a mission, and that is to crack open the ideas that tie together music across a whole bunch of genres and styles. Between different tastes and techniques, and the odd joke to crack each other up. And somehow we have made it to the season finale, episode 10. Oh, we get G-Shocks. I feel so old. <laughs> it only took this, out. This show has aged me. <laughs> Two and a half months and he's kind of over it a little bit. My God. <laughs> and it has really informed this week's theme, which is called The Side Project is the Main Project because this show has infiltrated... <laughs> My whole life. (laughs) It means everything to me, Al. You can't leave me. In case you haven't tuned into the other episodes, they're all up on the program page, fbiradio.com slash programs, and you can find Cracked, or we are up on every evil streaming platform imaginable. Yeah. It's called Cracked Podcast. Yeah, go give us a review as Al will blatantly not do so i mean there's nine episodes of all sorts of sordid bs (laughs) but there have been some deep and meaningful moments too yeah i i feel like i've really cracked open your outer shell and learned learned a lot about you too many side projects are the main project (laughs) and so the notion and idea behind this is comes from a number of different directions it was a little bit inspired by the show itself and by my young minion luke over here yeah who has lots of side projects i have too many side projects mr side hustle (laughs) well i wouldn't call him that he literally before we started the show was talking about a new business idea (laughs) and the business idea is just opening a store where him and his friends get to hang out and they've got stuff that he likes in it and I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure that's called 108 Warehouse <laughs> in Marrickville, but go for it. No, no, but we will sell other stuff too. You others, know? Yeah, you know, the, good, the good stuff. <laughs> We're merging. It's the unification of like hangout space and retail space oh, at the yeah. same time. It's a brand new idea, Al, I promise. It's, it's innovative. It's disruptive. <laughs> so the themes we're going to hit today, hopefully, other than dissecting Luke's business plan, <laughs> is... When the side project becomes popular and maybe is more popular than Uh, the main gig, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to this one. The side project takes up more time than the main thing. Uh, Another one that is infinitely personally relatable, the side project or the passion project, if you will, and balancing that with full-time work. We live Mm. and work under the guise of capitalism. Sydney, it's just expensive. It's very hot and expensive. Yeah, it's really expensive. Uh, Another one, caring more about the side project than the main project. Oh, that's That's a little bit awkward. Yeah. And maybe we're going to get into some of the emotional energy uh, and momentum that goes into side projects and, and 
maybe it's like why what emotionally goes into them that makes it so different to the I, main gig this one really resonates with me because I care about this so much out never forget that <laughs> well this does naturally go into the first selection here which is a track called Wind Chill by the artist the rapper producer he's a dance music artist it's under his own name Laverne his name, full name is Laverne Lee uh, listeners of FBI will be very attuned to his works under the Cassius the name Cassius Select but also he's part of the trio BV uh, with DJ Plead and Marcus Whale and if you're a little bit older you may remember the kind of disconnected R&B music called under the name Gare that he made for a very long time and this is a little bit of return to that kind of form for him and it is a bit of a side project even though it's under his own name he's probably best known now for making kind of um, abrasive club music Mm. um, and left field club tracks that are excellent Uh, but he's always kind of had this side to him and this music is very personal to him Uh, it's very personal to the people behind the record label putting it out called Sumac uh, you may have heard of Logic 1000. She blew up, obviously. Mm. Uh, but she first released music through Sumac, which is also a collaboration with DJ Plead, uh, T. Morimoto, and the elusive John Watts. It's DJ Plead's label, right? It's the three of theirs label. Ah, yeah, all but, but Jared is the hottest on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, he's real popular, that guy. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a trio. And I think this project has been really personal to all of them. And so we're going to listen to this track, Windchill, and unpack it a little bit afterwards. Here it is, Windchill by Laverne. You're listening to Cracked. there was Gimme Your Love from Guild which is a nice little collaborative collaborative project from a couple locals of course you got Sevi, Bang uh, Cal and Grasps all together Cal known for well known for quite a number of things but you may know him from Slimset Ah, yes, with, with Atro. With DJ Atro. Yes, they yeah. recently reunited. Did they the actually? FBI 20. Ah, yeah, they did. I was there. It was great. Yeah. But yeah, this is a lovely collaborative EP that's up on the content.net.au bandcamp. 
you can look it up. But the reason we played those two tracks back to back is this week on Cracked, our theme is the side project is the main project, which may sound confusing, but here is story time as to why these two tracks are related. So, this is the description of the EP that Sevi Grasps Bayang and Uncle Cal put up on the Bandcamp. It says, The origin story of Guild. It was an impromptu late night sesh. We were all watching Fake at Phoenix, and because I was with him in the Arvo, I hit Christopher, who's Grasps, to see if he was still up. We pulled up Manic and Inspired and just had fun with it. Then Cal goes, Yeah, Harry bullied us into recording. You wouldn't record an EP right now. And then Bayang said, Absolutely true. Cal goes, haha, so fun, in Grasp's tiny room, just on an SM57, which is like a really cheap standard microphone. Then Bayang goes, trying to all fit fit on this bed next to the young lean body pillow. (laughs) (laughs) So, this side project, which is just based purely in friendship, came about because they were watching Fake at Phoenix. Now, Fake is Laverne, aka Cassius Select, who Ah. we heard earlier. And that track uh, is... Released under the name Laverne, but he was performing under the name Fake. And Fake, if you're keeping up with me, is a collaboration with Laverne's friend Lenny Gatonga. And they do these kind of impromptu um, commissioned performances every few years uh, where it's a little bit improvised. It's a little bit kind of installation art and it's pretty psychedelic. So... This is the side project influenced by a side project. Okay. <laughs> that was performed under a different name to the side project. Deeply confusing. That you played first. That I played first. Okay. And I think this plays into the idea around side projects. Is you can kind of go as weird as you want and go in these rabbit holes with names and monikers. And people can take risks because mm-hmm. there's the feeling that it's a side project. Whether it's a side project or a main project... Is kind of up in the air. Yeah. It's up to the audience to decide a lot of the time. For There's example, with Laverne stuff, I've always preferred his disjointed kind of R&B to his club tracks. Mm. I think his club tracks are great. Yeah. But I just love hearing his voice in that kind of like broken um, hip-hop aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, so that is a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get it, it at home... It's, it's the human centipede of... Monica's and who influenced who. <laughs> if you didn't get it at home, Dory, neither did I. <laughs> but speaking of numerous monikers and their kind of mystique, the elusiveness that a side project brings, I want to talk about another project here. So this one's kind of a, a, a two for one, you know. It lets me it lets me talk about how Al knows Wu Tang clan. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm not friends with them, but yeah, I spent quite a bit of time with them. <laughs> He's being modest. They're like best mates. Um, Rizza sends him Instagram memes. Um, <laughs> Rizza did think I was the real deal. <laughs> and when I told him my story about like how I like started as an intern at the Opera House or whatever, and then I was like senior producer, he was like, oh, you're just like me. And I was like, I'm not quite sure that's true, <laughs> but sure. See, Al acts on modest, but you can tell he loves telling the story. Story time. <laughs> anyway, what are you playing? Um, so I'm going to play some Zarface. Now, Zarface oh, yeah. is the 
kind of side or the side project of the Wu-Tang Clan member Inspector Deck. It's also got B-list Jay-Z, which is esoteric on it. I joke, esoteric, you're an artist in your own. If you ever well, hear this, don't hate me. Technically, this is a supergroup. Yeah, yeah. But also Wu-Tang is a supergroup. Yeah. And Zarface, to clarify, have released like a, a lot 12 of projects. albums. Yeah. And so I would say maybe Zarface is the main project <laughs> these days, even though Wu-Tang is obviously better pretty- now pretty big one well their names for projects are like hard as shit like Zartificial Intelligence it's all Zar oriented mm. Zarmageddon Zar Noir and then the one I'm going to be playing off of today is Zarface meets Metalface if you don't know what that is um, Metalface of course refers to MF Doom and that brings me to why it's like a two birds with one stone kind of thing MF Doom is notorious for having numerous monikers um, after the their kind of original stuff with uh, KMT, which was their stuff with their siblings. Um, they obviously went on to make MF Doom, which I guess Metal Face. Um, their productive moniker, which is Metal Fingers. Um, their other two side projects, you've got King Ghidorah, which is a reference to like the big uh, pterodactyl thing from Godzilla. Um, you've also got Victor Vaughn. Which mm, is yeah, that that's a really cool project. He goes down a little bit more of a grimy, kind of dark. It's very path. film noir. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very very dark kind of path. And the track or the project is a collaboration between these two. Maybe MF Doom's main project, but it's also a side project because it's a collaborative album. It's kind of like how the bear with me. The Avengers originally. <laughs> The Avengers originally just felt like kind of not that big of a deal. It's just mashing together everyone. Yeah. And the main thing was like the individual stories. Yeah. But then the Avengers became like the mega what hit. Yeah. The, the carnival ride that Martin Scorsese calls it. Yeah. Maybe Zarface is still going to have a mega what hit. <laughs> MF Doom won't be there though, unfortunately. Netflix presents Zarface. <laughs> so the track that I want to play is not the opening track but i think it's where the album kicks off the first track is like a beautiful deep uh subtle hip-hop movement of course it's all hip-hop with this really cool fallout-esque sample but then this track pulls up and you're like all right we're strapping in it's a, it's a bit of a heavy hitter um you got some strong trumpets heavy bass disgustingly mixed bass i think it sounds gorgeous and of course you get to hear esoteric uh inspector deck and mf doom on it i'll let you listen to it now it's called metal with metal you're listening to cracked on fbi radio Adapt to your environment, jungle, all you suckers with the rap jargon. Type of rap you find on a rack at a bargain. Type of crap probably get smacked off the margin. When it's read 72 licks at the garden. New York, this ain't no new talk, true talk. TMZ and fake beef is the new pork. Filthy, regurgitate, tape them up, lay them down, increase the murder rate. Nah, nah, nah. Cheese star crew 
this beautiful piece of music undulating under us right now is called Lento y Lago, uh, also known as Tranquilissimo. And <laughs> that is by a composer called Enrique Gurecki. Mm-hmm. He is a Polish fellow. He died in the mid-2010s, unfortunately. Um, but he's quite renowned. And it's from the collection uh, Symphony Number no. 3, also known as Symphony of Sorrowful Songs. And this particular recording is by the Polish National Radio Symphony Orchestra with Beth Gibbons from Portishead. Oh. It was tracked in 2019. And no, you're not listening to Classic FM. <laughs> This is Cracked on FBI Radio, where we crack open the creative process. And this week, we are unpacking the side project is the main project as our theme. So if you're wondering what the hell is going on, (laughs) Beth Gibbons from the iconic group Portishead. Portishead is even I have like a deep seated love. Oh, yeah. If you're into anything around trip hop, hip hop, folk music, electronic music, Krautrock. It just covers like every bass in the best way possible. I think when I first listened to Dummy, it like changed my life. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like my musical perception on things. Beautiful. It's really good. Well, if you're a Portishead fan, you'll definitely know that they aren't the most active band in the world. They've released three albums since the early 90s. Yeah. And Beth Gibbons here returned after not really doing very much in the public eye. And it was quite a surprise. And so here she's really kind of in a completely different musical world. Mm. But she found it really exciting being part of such a large group. Like Portishead Live is about eight to ten people involved. Oh, really? Yeah, like they've got performing. a whole yeah, they've got a whole bunch of different musicians on stage oh, to it, get that sound. Yeah, because a lot of it is quite productive and has yeah. a lot of processing. And yeah, but here, like, it can't really compare to the power of an orchestra. Like, yeah. they're completely different entities. And yeah. so she really enjoyed kind of firstly learning how to speak, uh, sing in Polish. Oh shit! Um, and in if you listen to the full recording, which I highly recommend, she comes in in the second act, and it's very powerful after listening to 25 minutes of this beautiful suite of classical music mm-hmm. and just hearing Beth's kind of quivering, wavering voice. And she spent a long time working on this, and this is where the side project at, is the main project comes yeah. in because with Portishead, it's such a fragmented process that it almost doesn't factor into her life in a day-to-day basis. But with this, she was really able to delve into it, and it's all based around a live performance recording, which is traditionally how symphonies are recorded. Yeah. So there you have it. And also, Beth Gibbons is releasing a solo album. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's news hot off the press. Is it going to be good? I mean, she doesn't release anything bad. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of, like, all the people releasing stuff, Kim Gordon released a new thing, and it was, like, a weird Playboy Cardi spinoff. Yeah, I mean, I can speak to getting a bit older. I'm 36. <laughs> I'm, 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 like, the elder statesman of FBI at this point. <laughs> and, I mean, everything starts kind of becoming the side project and is the main project. Yeah. I feel when you get a bit older, it's, like, everything 
molds melds into this kind of one amorphous blob and some things kind of happen some things come out like we were talking about this i'm not doing a plug but we were talking about this <laughs> show that i did oh, with really a bunch good. of friends recently it was amazing and like that is like a side project for six people yeah but it just kind of became the main thing for a bit and yeah and then everybody goes back to their lives and then it'll become the main thing again but special things happen when you're kind of treating something as you know, not maybe it's not too seriously, but you're just doing it for a bit of fun. Mm. Like Beth Gibbons definitely did this for some fun because she seemed to really enjoy the process. Yeah, fair. Cool. Speaking of more... Yeah, how, how are you going to follow up this eight-minute <laughs> epic? You can't, you can't beat the symphony. I'm going to play something wildly intense, entirely contrastive, like almost overwhelming. This one will probably like take a little bit of like a warning. And I chose, I tried to choose the most palatable track that I could think of off of the four with the four width of projects from this specific artist. Um, I'm speaking of Leroy, which is the pseudonym slash alias of Jane Remover. And for quite some time, no one knew who they were. They were kind I, of like, I don't know who they are. Yeah, you don't know who either. I'm looking at Luke Blank. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jane Remover. And Leroy, so Leroy was the pseudonym of Jane and Remover, as I said prior. And no one really knew that link existed for quite some time. They just kind of released this album online. It was called Daria Core. It had a bunch of weird samples from the hit 90s or early 2000s TV show Daria spread throughout it. Oh, do I know Daria? <laughs> I feel like you, you would have loved Daria, yeah. wouldn't you? I, it was on MTV. Yeah. And I don't think I had MTV at uh, the time. Your mom so I knew, all, I knew of Daria. No, she didn't. <laughs> I, she has Foxtel now. And it is my favorite streaming platform. <laughs> I love watching live television whilst at work. It just gives me that little high. <laughs> but... They released this string of projects and no one knew who they were. They uh, People gone wild because the density and the intricacy of this production was, was, was pretty fantastic. And there, were, there was effectively no semblance of relation to a real person. Um, but then slowly and slowly it kind of got released. And then there was like a big lead up where Jane kept getting asked questions. Like what's happening with Lyra? What's going on with that? Um, and they're essentially like, Leroy is dead. This whole thing is dead. It, it was kind of the embodiment of something. And then they were like, oh, here they're dead. And then they released this really fun resurrection album. But I'm getting a bit sidetracked in terms of where I'm going with this. They just found an outlet for some of their most intense, powerful production in contrast to their more down-tempo, slower, kind of wash overwhelm gradually mm. whereas this is like straight intensity just nothing but power i love the that rim. i love that about side projects it's just a, a safe space for people to explore yeah other ideas they just kind of went ham and explored i guess a lot of i'd say dubstep adjacency yeah, kind of pe- stuff people seem less afraid of failing yeah i mean i don't think anyone should be afraid of failure mm. but maybe this is like a good first step I also appreciate the detachment from like a subscription to a certain sonic aesthetic that'll appeal to certain people because mm. I don't know how everyone, I don't know the general consensus on this sonic aesthetic, but it comes off kind of lame, if that makes sense. It's a bit overwhelming, not really wow, brutal, <laughs> <laughs> not, 
Not I love the, how you're, you're calling this lame, but I just played like eight minutes of classical music <laughs> on FBI. It's a sonic aesthetic that draws from like really raunchy mid to like late mid 2000s to like early 2010s, like disgusting pop music that's spread throughout the radio that isn't FBI radio that you might hear on other certain um, unnameable radio stations. And then it's kind of been repurposed. I'll let you all listen to it now so you can see what I'm talking about. I chose a track that's only a minute 15. And then the song after that is a bit longer, but that's a bit more palatable. It's more, I guess, shoegaze, adjacent, bit dream poppy, really overwhelming, but beautifully produced as well. This track here is from Leroy, the side project. It's called Go White Enemy Go. And the track after I'm going to play from Jane River is called Fling. I'll let you listen now. You're listening to FBI Radio, Scratch Card Lanyard, the opening track from the album New Long Leg by the post-punk band Dry Cleaning. I love post-punk. You do. All the (laughs) way back. It was released all the way back in 2021. And Luke learned a lot about post-punk more recently than 2021. Yes. A couple weeks ago. An episode called Post-Punk is the New Elevator Music. Uh, in which we unpack the genre and Luke has some really great insights like Kim Gordon is cool. <laughs> so look that he one up cool. on streaming or on the programs page on FBI Radio. And if you'd like to tell us how you feel about our show Cracked, you can text in on 0409-945-945. And we'd like to take this moment to thank Mark in Miranda for texting in earlier this week 
Shouts out Mark and Miranda. Mark from Miranda, our hero. He said, hi, Luke and Al. Surely cracked cannot be scrapped. It must press on and explore your deconstruction of the allure of Bobby Humphreys. 70s rock and disco jazz I mean oh. we can definitely get into all of these things that means Mark's been lit so full context for you Al mm-hmm. me and Mark go way back okay um, Mark has been like a fan of me on the bridge for a ah. little bit he's I, I always love his text he's yeah. a lo- lovely yeah, guy so, so Luke cheats on me and does the bridge <laughs> as well but yeah if you have any <laughs> suggestions for shows or subjects or artists that you feel like we should be covering on cracked yeah just send us a text the number is 0409 945 945 but right now we are talking about the theme the side project is the main project and we've gone through a few different rabbit holes here we've explored kind of the side project becoming really popular um, the side project taking up more time than the main gig and caring a bit more about the side project than the main project and we've been playing all sorts of music um, some local legends such as the Canadian slash Sydney producer Laverne also known as Cassia Select then we played the newish project Guild from kind of a super group of sorts Sevi, Bayang, Uncle Cal and Grasps then we definitely got weird and played a little bit of Sarface, which is the Wu-Tang side project. And then we played the full eight-minute version of um, the Polish Symphony Radio Orchestra performing with Beth Gibbons from Porter's Head. And we can go on, but right now we played dry cleaning because the front woman, Caroline Shaw, never originally intended to be a vocalist. Uh, she was going to art school mm. and all of the band members uh, who were musicians before this band dry cleaning were just doing this band for fun. I think they were like a little bit over kind of the like pushing a band up a hill trying to make it, yeah. whatever that means. And then it was kind of a fun little story because she wasn't a traditional vocalist and she w- didn't think too much about it, but she did a lot of writing as part of her art practice. Okay, yeah. And then she finally got convinced to kind of go in and like have a jam with them. And then she ended up doing the spoken word thing, which is like the dry cleaning signature sound. Yeah, fair. That's actually really So that is literally like the The side project is the main project. And I I really relate to this. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, people who like listen to the Cracked Podcast and FBI Radio in general. You know, it's a, it's a creative bunch of people. Yeah. And if you're living in Sydney, you also got to work most of the time. <laughs> you know, not everybody yeah. can be making the bajillions. Or have like a bajillions of money just yeah, somewhere. we've all got bajillions of side projects instead. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that brings a nice little warmth of hope to me, Al. Yeah, it's and like, you know, it's like life is long and weird. I can yeah. attest to that. I'm 36 yeah. now, and it's and taken some now, strange turns. You're hanging out with me. Yeah, my child. But, <laughs> uh, but my hope is maybe I can become like a cool soundtrack composer. Ah, like, yes. Like Daniel Lopatin. Oh, is who, that how you say his name? Lopatin. 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 Speaking of Polish composers. He is of Polish descent, yeah. uh, based in the USA. But Daniel Lopatin, best known as the electronic producer, Warner Tricks Point Never. Never. But I think some of my favorite music of his 
is the film scores that he does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he did um, Good Time. That was the one with Robert yeah, Pattinson. Yeah, Good Time was the first one okay, that he fair. did for the yeah, Safety for the Brothers yeah. that kind of put him on the map as a, yeah. as a composer. soundtrack composer. And But the thing that I like the most is the follow-up, which is Uncut Gems. Great film yeah, yeah. from a few years ago. The Adam Sandler uh, Renaissance. Yeah. I don't know if it's a better film than Good Time, but I think the soundtrack is so great because it really encapsulates a lot of like the early Wanatrix music, which mm. was uh, the synthesizer, the Juno 60, um, which is in a lot of music, but it was just him kind of exploring it mm. um, internally. And it was kind of like psychedelic music. And it, it was less conceptual than some of his most recent Wanatrix Point Never albums. Yeah, that makes sense. It's less going on. And I think he's applied kind of that, synthesizer aesthetic and exploration but using all the expertise he's learned from uh his most recent kind of wanatrix endeavors mm. and the thing is with film scores you can just go really expansive like you, you need the motifs you need the themes and the recurring ideas kind of evolving i think as well the, the kind of inherent exploration of that synthesizer is a motif so to say yeah and with the, like the this side project it's kind of like mixing in that element of it's kind of become his job in yeah, the sense yeah. that you know you just borrow away for a few months you're getting paid but you're in service to someone else's idea yeah and yeah. you can kind of hear him letting go and being able to stretch out a little bit because you don't have to deliver you know a 10 track album to warp records yeah yeah um so yeah we're going to go into this little composer mode now speaking of composers another really popular um artist blood orange or also known as Devonte Hines. Um, they've been doing a, a lot of composition recently as well themselves, Dev Hines. Yeah, he grew up playing cello. Ah, okay, fair. Well, I was going to say, it seems to also... This is kind of like an Ouroboros, whatever it is, you know, the snake eating itself. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about like... I prefer the human centipedes <laughs> as a metaphor, but sure. Man was maybe a little bit more tasteful. <laughs> but it's almost like this circle where... Dev started doing all these compositions as, and one could say these are kind of side project jobs in a sense, but he then also started doing compositional projects detached from the movie. He started making kind of pseudo classical compositions, I think with third coast percussion, that's who it is. Um, And it came out really beautiful. It's kind of gone all the way full circle. Now he's back to just making fun stuff detached from this like cinematic job that it was given. So I think it could be fun to play both back to back. Yeah, the the side project is actually like really relaxing. It's relaxing to listen to. It sounds yeah. more relaxing to make. So if you're thinking of doing a side project, do it. It's yeah, fun. It is really Even fun. Even if you don't finish it, who cares? Yeah, I show Al all my unfinished stuff and sometimes he's nice. Yeah, sometimes I just tell them, like, grow up and just finish it. <laughs> it sounds good. Cool. Deep. <laughs> Anyways, for now, we're going to play Mohegan's Suite, which is from Uncut Gems. And a nice little Dev Hines and Third Coast percussion track for all its f- from For All Its Fury. It's track one, Reach. You're listening to Crack.
just there, we had some wonderful OST adjacent pieces from Dev Hines and Daniel Lopaton or 103.never or OPN. And we've been exploring a lot of fun artists today here on Cracked on the side project is the main project. Well, we've been going into the nuances of how music interweaves its way into our lives in terms of making it listening and where it leads us. We've been talking about having like a full-time job and making music, having another project that's just kind of there that you do for fun, um, having a job that is to make music, that is a side project, but kind of falls into a space of the opposite. And we're coming to a bit of an end, but I've got a fun little question for you, Al. Hit me. All right. So I'm going to give you a fun list of artists that have side projects, right? And mm-hmm. you got to try match them to what artists they are, right? I got it. Tom York, the smile of Radiohead. I win. <laughs> Is that how the game goes? Uh, that's like most of it, yeah. Cool. All right, I'm ready. So, <clears throat> you can. I'm just going to bang them all out and you see how you go, right? So, you got AFX, Blue Calx, Bradley Strider, The Universal Indicator, Caustic Window, Smodge Face, Gak, Peabod, Polygon Window, Power Pill, Qtastic, Dice Man, The Tust, Soit PP, and User 18081971. This is what I imagine it's like going out on a date with you. <laughs> I'll do the first one. The first one's Aphex Twin. And the rest I'll say for your your hinge. So your hinge date nights. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the catch. They're all Aphex Twins. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think a fun way to encapsulate everything we've spoken about today is Aphex Twin. Aphex Twin has had so many side projects for so many different reasons. I think he, he started making a certain side project. I think it was Gak, which was just his like homage to Warp Records to kind of get them into him. And it was a nice little five piece of, uh, of, of like kind of minimalist techno adjacent things, not all the way into the IDM field just yet. But as well, pa- Power Pill, that was using like Pac-Man game boxes, like the actual physical Pac-Man things and running out the sounds from that. Wow, that's dedication. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Aphex Twin has really encapsulated all of these spans, I think. I think right now I don't have the... Im- amount of time that I'd like to... I could probably do like a whole episode on this, just discussing all of these little side projects. Yeah, you can do that by yourself on the bridge. <laughs> I'm sure they'd love it if you played an hour of Aphex Twin on <laughs> Sydney's dedicated <laughs> local music show. Alright, fine, fine. We're going to wrap it up. We've had a fun time today here on Cracked. We hit those little things. The things that I do think Aphex Twin does encapsulate is when the side project becomes more popular because at one point he wasn't Aphex Twin. And if you think this side project cracked should keep going, just text it on 0409-945-945. This was episode 10, the season finale, but word has it we may not be getting cancelled. <laughs> Who knows? So keep it locked, as they say, 
on 94.5 and right. hopefully we'll be back next week all right i'm gonna give you a track off gak the apex twin piece all the songs are called gak with a number after him so he's gak one you're listening to cracked